my husband and I, um, we just got married pretty recently. Um, it's been great. I love him so much. We're just on the same wavelength in so many areas. And we're both um, really excited about our, our lives together. And we both really love kids, too. Um, we both really want to have kids. But I'm, I'm a social worker. He's a grade school teacher. And at this point, uh, we we don't really have all that much money. Um, we're just we're just not financially equipped to, to look at kids right now. So, you know, um, we're just looking, you know, a couple more years down the line, maybe, you know, five or ten, whatever. But for now, we're, we're just going to, you know, we're just going to enjoy enjoy ourselves and have, have a good time at this stage in our lives. So one day, um, Mark comes up to me and he says, honey, I have a surprise for you. Oh, Oh boy, wonder what it could be. You know, it's not birthday or anniversary or anything like that. Just out of the blue. And, uh, you know, he says, um, you know, I, I know we've been thinking a lot about about having kids at some point. And I just, I thought that um, this might be a good way to uh, to get us ready for it. I, you know, I have no idea what he's talking about. Uh, you know, what are we getting? Like, you know. A bottle, a carriage, a rattle, you know, <laughs> a baby book. And he says, honey, I, I've adopted a highway. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> um, what, dear? Dearest? Uh, I've adopted a highway. This would be a great way to just, you know, get us ready. You know, we could, we could start, you know, taking care of it, you know, picking up its shit, you know, just cleaning it up and making it look pretty. Just like, just like a kid. It's like, um, Okay. You know, I was a little skeptical at first. Um, highways are not exactly like children in the sense that children need a lot more care than, you know, picking up and making them look nice. Um, but, you know, I the more I thought about it, the more that, well, you know, maybe this isn't such a bad idea. Maybe, maybe this could, could really help us. And so we adopted our first highway. My parents, about a year and a half ago, decided that it was about time for me to meet a nice girl and settle down. And I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm only 25 and I figure, uh, I still have a little bit of time left. So I, I've just been sort of, you know, working my way around, but they've really been, uh, pressuring me to hurry things up and start a family and such. So, uh, on my 25th birthday, I woke up and went to the kitchen of my apartment and was surprised to find an, in my opinion, elderly Russian woman standing in the kitchen cooking lunch. And I mean, I'd just gotten up. I, I would have wanted breakfast, really, but she made lunch and I ate it, you know, because it was nice enough. And uh, after lunch, I find a bunch of papers sitting in the front hall. A bunch of them are in Russian and a few in English. And from what I can gather, she's a mail-order bride, and my parents had ordered her, uh, without my knowledge, of course, as a birthday present. I have a, a good friend who, who, through some loopholes, pulled me into this position where I was going to be a professional dater. I take women out. And uh, based on attributes given by affluent businessmen, they would say, you know, I am looking for a girl who's interested in 
football, wine, and um, race car driving. And then I would take, you know, 20, 30 women out until I found a woman who who fit this um, definitive characteristic that had been given to me. And uh, then I'd say, yes, uh, in fact, uh, Stephanie A. is right for John D. And then he would go off and date her, and hopefully they would interact well. So really, the entire point of my job was to uh, circumvent the, uh, you know, the, the realm of the, the personal ad in which someone could easily, you know, lie that they are an attractive five foot eight brunette with dark eyes and, uh, voluptuous skin. And then when you in fact meet the woman, she is, you know, indeed five foot eight, uh, both tall and wide. And, uh, her skin is hardly voluptuous. So I was, I was, a screening process for these men who simply did not have the time to um, put forth into the dating world. So uh, it was it was fairly strange at first living with Helga because, well, you know, I, she's Russian. I don't know her at all. She was like 50-something. She waited on me hand and foot. I mean, you get used to that, but uh, it, it's still weird at first. So, you know, and... Uh, she, she really does take very good care of me. Uh, she was trained by the uh, mail-order bride company, of course, to uh, be proficient in all the uh, American cooking utensils and uh, washing machines and such. So she's completely proficient at that. But the, the downside is they also uh, train or teach the women that they need to pleasure the men that they're with. And... Uh, Needless to say, um, well, she was old and uh, just didn't do it for me. So eventually I decided uh, after a couple days of having to uh, just kind of push her away at night, I decided it'd just be better if I slept on the fold-out sofa in the uh, living room. So, you know, that was, that was really kind of weird and she seemed a little upset about it at the time as well which i suppose i can understand but that's what i decided to do and i think it was really for the best uh, especially since you know i was still trying to date women at this time and you know uh sl sleeping with an elderly russian woman will usually raise questions amongst uh members of the opposite sex <laughs> strip of highway 1218 has been nothing but joy to both of us um we've spent so much time with it we've we've gone and beautified it we've we've picked up all the trash and all the rubbish that people throw out their windows and we've planted some some hedges and you know some nice little plants along the side uh, basically we just try to keep it clean and you know we've planted some flowers too it's it just it just looks great i'm just i'm so proud of it it just brings so much joy to both of our lives. You know, I I had the great idea to, you know, make our Christmas card 
of me and Mark and in front of our highway, you know, and send it out to the parents and the friends and all that. And it just, it's a great shot, you know, Mark and I just close together, smiling. And there's our, our baby highway right there with his little, little hedges. So clean right in the background. It's great. Mom and mom and dad weren't quite as excited about it as uh, Mark and I are, uh, nor for that matter are our friends. But you know it's understandable. They don't have one of their own. They don't they don't quite understand um, what an amazing thing it can be. Um, mom and dad act- actually told us uh, not to talk to them about the highway ever ever again. But I think you know I think they'll come around. Uh, so I you know I just talk Mark and I Mark and I discuss the highway a lot. You know. We go out there pretty much every weekend and, you know, plant things like, as usual, you know, like the, the flowers and things. It's just, it's just great. I just love it so much. You know, I, I am getting a little bit busier at work though. Um, it's just, it's tough to maintain the working life and, you know, my life with Mark at home and then going out to this highway every weekend. It's just, it's tough, you know, I've, I've got a lot of commitments. And so I, I looked into joining a co-op one of those organizations, you know, where you can go and you, you bring your kid and you take turns looking after everybody's kids so that, you know, people, people get a break once in a while and can go out and do things, errands or whatever. And, you know, I, I, I talked to the owner and I said, you know, I, I don't have a, a child, but I have a highway, a highway that I take care of like a child. And it's, it's very much a child to me. And I was, I, you know, I, I thought that maybe the highway could, um, be, be part of the, the circle, you know, we could come out to the highway sometimes and all the other little children could pick up trash with me. And, and when I'm, when I'm busy, uh, maybe everybody else can, uh, come out to the highway and pick up trash. Um, needless to say, they, they weren't too receptive to this idea. I mean, I, I admit it was a long shot, but you know, I thought I'd try. They in fact turned, turned me out, uh, right away. And, and so I figured, yeah, that's okay. Whatever. I, I don't have time, but, uh, Mark and I will make time. This is something that's really important to us and um, something I, I really want to wanna keep at. I, I love him, you know? We, we even named him. Bernie is his name. Isn't that adorable? I don't mean to be a narcissist when I say that I find myself attractive. But I am. I'm a good-looking guy. The unfortunate predicament that I had... Or I have, in fact. It's it's more of an affliction than anything. I I was raised in a house with... I have uh, five brothers. And my father is as masculine as as men come. He, If we ever cried, we got beaten with a belt. You know, the thing that, you know, in the, in the 1860s might, might have flew as good parenting. But um, my mother never, you know, objected to any of this. And he insisted that we solved all our quarrels through fist fighting. And it's just one of those things where you become completely out of touch with how to interact with women. So I knew that I was horrible for this position. But, you know, I took it. It was a job. I uh, had recently graduated from college, and I was desperate for money. So I went out and... um, I dated these women, but you know, I, (laughs) what, what did, what did I, what did I do? Well, I found a loophole in the system and apparently this, this dating service, um, pays for everything that you do. So I would take these women to the, the various chores that I needed to do throughout the city. 
I would take them to the supermarket and I would do my my grocery shopping. I would I would take them to the laundromat and I would do my laundry. I even I even took one to the uh, DMV and I refu- renewed my driver's license with her. And uh, it, it was just one of those things where I had a list of chores to do and I would integrate them together because I. What am I supposed to talk about these women? I'm supposed to find out if they they like these various things. And uh, if they didn't like them, then I had a couple hours to kill. So I may as well get some of my own stuff done. So when I first met my new girlfriend, Allison, a few months ago, I uh, I told her about Helga. And uh, at first, uh, well, of course, she thought I was joking. And eventually I was able to get her to quit laughing and explain that it was in fact true that my parents got me a mail-order bride and that she was living with me. So uh, the first night that Allison came over to my apartment was kind of awkward because uh, when it came time to go to bed, uh, Allison asked me if we could go to bed and I said, well, no, you know, that's, that's where Helga sleeps, but the, the couch folds out which, uh, needless to say, she wasn't too impressed that the couch folded out. with my job and and so is mark he's uh he he spends a lot of time with those kids a lot of time preparing lessons and grading papers and all this kind of thing but you know i've i was noticing that that he was losing losing a little something spark in his eyes bounce in his step he just wasn't wasn't quite the same as he as he used to be you know when we got married and so i was worried about him i asked him about it i said you know mark honey there's there's something something wrong with you i I don't know what it is. Are you okay? You know, are you feeling all right? It's like, yeah, it's, it's these kids, honey. I really can't stand them. (laughs) They're really, really obnoxious. Um, you know, he's been working with them, I guess, for, for a couple of years at this point. And, and it's understandable, you know, I, kids, I guess, can get on your nerves after a while. Um, but he, he seemed pretty upset about it. And, you know, I actually sort of hinted at, maybe not wanting to have kids after all. But I, I, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't let myself believe that. I just, you know, he's going through a phase. He'll get through it. But this was about the same time that um, Tiffany came on as his student teacher. Now, Tiffany, I've only seen her once. Um, certainly an a- attractive young woman. Um, I'm sure she's very nice. But very attractive. But, but, you know, I, I didn't, you know, connect anything. I, there's absolutely no reason to. Except for maybe the fact that he started having personal instruction with her outside of the classroom, you know, from time to time. She just, I guess, apparently wasn't quite getting some of the basics of student teaching, and so he needed to spend a little bit of extra time with, with her on that. So, you know, I, I'd go out to the highway by myself, um, you know, the sessions, I guess, took place on the weekends, mostly. So he'd, he'd be gone for, you know, hours at a time. And 
and they were usually the hours when we when we'd go out to you know take care of Bernie together. So I you know I went alone. It was fine. Um, it was a, it was a little sad actually picking up trash out there uh, by myself and just you know looking at the the flowers that were dying from lack of care. But you know I I put it all aside and just kept you know kept at my work and you know tried not to think about it. You get a list of things that the the man is looking for and you can pretty quickly identify whether or not the girl is interested in these various topics but occasionally there'll be something on the list um particularly sex fetishes that are hard to address in normal conversation for example uh i had a client who was looking for um a a furry partner i i don't know if you're aware of this but there are people that enjoy dressing up like animals and then they 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 rub against each other and uh in these giant costumes and i guess arouse themselves through furry means i i don't really understand the whole thing but how how am i possibly in in conversational tones supposed to bring this up with these women without con- without sounding like a complete creep. So, you know, I, I take them to the laundromat and, you know, I'm just supposed to casually say, so, you like dressing up like animals and rooming against each other? It, it, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't fly, you know. So, you enjoy whips and chains? <laughs> you know, how, how are you supposed to bring this into a, a normal conversational uh, setting? I mean, I, I, I guess I could take these women into a, a sexual setting and actually try this out. But, you know, I'm not into whips and chains. I'm not into furries. And, okay, even say I were. Let's say it took this girl who who fit, you know. Okay, the guy likes race car driving. The guy likes um, Scrabble. And the guy likes, Lord knows what, um, David Letterman. And the girl fits all these three things. And the, the last thing on the list is... Uh, foot fetishes all right so if you know <laughs> i don't even know what a foot fetish is i i hate fetishes you, you know when when you have a we have a uh, we get a form and it says you know various categories and they fill it out but when there there's a fetish category and if they say if they fill out the fetish category that is the most dreaded category for me you cover all your other bases you know foods and uh tv shows and sports and all that stuff but once you get to the fetishes, that this is this means that this girl is almost there, and if it's a foot fetish, you know I will, I'll I'll take my shoes and socks off and seductively wiggle my toes, and if she responds negatively, then I simply check a no, and I, you know, will carry on with the evening, take her to the laundromat, etc. But if she looks interested, then I I don't really know quite how to deal with women like that, so. At that point, I simply shake her hand and say, very good, I hope you had a great evening, and I hope that you have good luck with your client. And, you know, kind of close the door and move on. So my parents came to visit one weekend, and, you know, they were just uh, real curious to see how things were going with Helga. And, of course, they were fairly disappointed when they showed up, and Helga was just running around doing chores while I spent time with Allison. And, you know, after a while, they got really upset and, you know, started just uh, abusing Allison by, uh, 
you know, calling her names and throwing things at her when she wasn't looking. My dad kept trying to trip her with his cane. They were being really juvenile about it. And uh, they seemed very upset because they said they spent a lot of money. And, uh, I mean, you know, I did look into it and they had spent a good deal. But they were just overall disappointed that I wasn't actually settling down and starting a family with, uh, you know, a, a woman that was almost their age. For a guy who isn't very good with women, this was probably the worst career decision I have ever made. Because, well, it it allowed me to interact with women on an almost intimate level, yet that intimate level was professional. And I got in the habit of, you know, asking stock questions to figure out what kind of women these people were. And as a result, my personal life obviously suffered because you become removed from people. And once you become removed, you really realize that, you know, what am I doing here? So I became sexually deprived and uh, individually isolated. So I turned back to my professional life for my own personal dating life and really just tried to hook up with the women that I was trying to get for other men. So in, in, instead of trying to figure out if they were good for the guy, I was just trying to get with her. Yet, at the same time, I would also try to do the things that I need to do, such as laundry and grocery shopping. After my parents left, uh, Alice and I got in a big fight because she was uh, very upset about the way my parents had treated her, which, you know, of course I can understand and everything. And pretty much as a conclusion to that, she said that I either had to uh, get rid of Helga or uh, that she was going to break up with me. So, of course, you know, I called up the agency and stuff and got the wheels moving on that as well as I could. And uh, after a while, they called me up one day and said that they had found a new husband for Helga. So, uh, you know, Allison was very happy, although I, I have to say I was slightly upset. You know, uh, it was, was going to be a big change. Helga had been living with me for a while. And, uh, you know, she, along with all the chores, she uh, provided a certain amount of company even when no one else was there. And... Uh, I knew I was going to miss her, along with, you know, now I was going to have to start doing all these things for myself, and uh, I wasn't looking forward to that either. So, uh, came time for uh, Helga to leave. She was going to be leaving in the morning, and uh, I went to bed with Allison, and we were laying there, and Allison had fallen asleep for a while. And, uh, you know, I got up, because I just couldn't sleep, and I got some water, I went to check on Helga, and she was, of course, sleeping in my bed. And, uh, I just, uh, you know, laid down with her for a while. You know, just to show her I cared. So I'd been spending a lot of time with Bernie myself, um, and it was great, you know, one-on-time 
one-on-one alone time. You know, we'd been having a great time together. But, you know, I was getting a little lonely. Until the the Cub Scout troop showed up. Um, they adopted the highway right next to Bernie. And they were just so cute. Cute as little kids. Third grade. There's about 10 or 12 of them. They're just adorable. And they were so diligent with their highway. They just loved it. It was so, so apparent. And they had, they had a, a great Cub Scout leader, too who incidentally happened to be rather attractive. Um, and just a really nice guy, though. Really, really sweet. Really cared about the kids um, and about the projects they were doing. And was just so nice that he often would walk over and, you know, just to see if I needed any help with Bernie. And he offered more than once, you know, if you ever need any help or if it's ever too much for you, I'd be more than happy to have our, our Cub Scout troop help you out, you know, anytime you need help. So, you know, he's just really gentlemanly, really, really just a nice guy. So it's great to have them there. Um, I was at home, you know, the next day, uh, Sunday. Mark was um, out um, helping, helping Tiffany. And um, I got a phone call. And it happened to be from, from John, the, the Cub Scout troop leader. And I said, yes, hello? Hi, this is John. I'm just calling to... Uh, demonstrate to my cub scouts how to use a public phone (laughs) oh that's great i'm so glad you thought of me thank you um you know tell them hello all that kind of thing um but it was a very a short conversation and um but at the end of it he invited over he invited me over for dinner which was unexpected but you know just a, a friendly dinner um in front of his cub scout troop which is which is amusing to me but um we you know we hung up and um I went over to his house for dinner that night. Mark was planning to be out again, so I figured, why not? You know, I might as well spend Sunday dinner with somebody nice. Uh, you know, it was fun. Um, it was a great dinner. He's so nice. He's such a nice guy. We just had a great time. You know, it was, it was a little strange just, you know, being alone with another man in his house and, you know, Mark not knowing, but I, you know... I just told myself he's just a nice guy who's, uh, you know, maybe a little bit lonely. He doesn't really have anybody else in his life except the the Cub Scouts, it seemed like. And, you know, they're cute and all, but not really good for long-term companionship. So we had a very nice dinner. He's a great cook. And he mentioned that he was, um, was going to do a demonstration the next day for his Cub Scouts about how to tie knots. And, you know, I said, oh, that's, that's great, uh what what kind of knots do you tie? He's like, well, um, actually, I, 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 I should probably practice. L- let me show you. So I said, oh, oh this will be fun. This is exciting, you know. So we went we went um upstairs actually where where his rope was in in his bedroom, and uh, we were sitting on the bed and he, you know, he pulled out the rope and he said, well, you know, I I think, why don't I show you a surgeon's knot? That's you know that's a really neat one. Um, here, just give me your wrist. So you know, he put it around my my wrist and um. And then uh, tied the other end to the the bedpost, actually. And then did the, the surgeon's knot, which was, you know, admittedly beautifully executed. You know, it was great. Um, never seen one before, but it, you know, sure looked good to me. So I, I was, you know, sitting there, one arm, one arm tied to the bedpost, just, you know, <laughs> this is nice. A uh, little, you know, not, I wasn't nervous. It was just a, an awkward situation, maybe a little bit. And then he asked me, if he could do the other arm. Um, he wanted to show me the midshipman's knot. 
very, very good knot, apparently. You know, he, he put it around my wrist and and then tied my other arm to the other bedpost with a midshipman's knot. Um, so there I was, you know, spread eagle-like on his bed, whereupon he smiled, leaned over, and kissed me. What could I do? I kissed back. the entire next week I couldn't think about anything except John seeing him again oh oh the anticipation was oh it's killing me and I I know I waited and waited and finally Saturday came and I rushed out to Bernie and you know looked around and there were the Cub Scouts but no John in his place was a decrepit 77 year old man named Arthur I found out and he informed me that John had quit Cub Scouts uh, the day before, um, very unexpectedly. You know, this was a little, little disturbing. I didn't really know why. And so I, I decided to go to his house. You know, I, I thought, maybe there must be a reason. I hope he's okay. Um, yeah, I went to his house, um, rang the doorbell. No one answered. I went home. I, I called him, called him again. To no avail. I, I got his answering machine every time. So, you know, I, I was really worried about him, actually. You know, I, I thought something could be really wrong. And I really wanted to see him again. So I, I went to his house again and, and uh, rang his doorbell repeatedly for, for about half an hour, maybe. Um, he finally shows up at the door. Stone-faced. Says to me. I have nothing to say to you. Slams the door in my face. And I'm left alone in the cold on his doorstep. I... I, I, I walk away. I mean, I go home. I cry myself to sleep. I... John's turned me out of his life. Mark's off with Tiffany. I... I've, I've got nothing. It's, it was a pretty dark time. It continues to be a, a pretty dark time, actually, throughout the next couple of months. Um, Mark and I don't spend all that much time together anymore, really, and uh, don't don't talk like we used to. I didn't really go out to Bernie anymore. Um, my heart just wasn't in it. It wasn't doing it for me. I had no desire to go out there anymore, and this was this was really, really depressing to me. We, we got Bernie to get us excited and happy about the prospect of, of children one day. And in reflecting on this, I, I decided that it was time to, to approach Mark again on the subject of children. And so I, I did. I said, Mark, you know, honey, it's been, it's been a couple years. Uh, Bernie's been great. 
But you know, honey, I think I'm really ready to have to have children with you, dear. Mark Mark kind of grimaced, uh, actually, and told me that he never wants to have children with me, ever. Basically, I think his experiences in in teaching the the grade school children um, had pretty much soured him to any ideas of children of his own ever. And so I said, okay, you know that's fine. It's just fine. Um, I'll just I'll just go now. I got in my car. I just started driving. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do. I didn't have anyone. Somehow I found myself after a while pulling up on the side of the road of 1218. Bernie. Trash was everywhere. Strewn across the road even. In the ditches. Our flowers had died. The bushes wilted. Decaying. I got out of the car. And held down on my knees. And started clawing at the trash. I have to fix this. I have to fix it. I can fix it. I just... I just have to keep cleaning up this trash. I pawed at the ground for I don't even know how long. Maybe I made progress, maybe I didn't. But in the end, there was no one left. But me. day you were gone, gone. Why can't I prove myself wrong, wrong, Maybe not, but maybe I'm scared to. Maybe not, but maybe I'm scared to lose. Maybe not. But maybe I'm scared to 